Hello and welcome to PTI Australia. I'm Russell Barwick Kekka. Tonight, something a little different as we have two five good minute interviews with some superstars of Australian and international sport. Yes, and on the international scene, we're talking NBA number one draft pick and all star from the Cleveland Cavaliers, Kyrie Irving, part time Com Aussie. Compelling. I sat down with one of the AFL's best who has an amazing story to tell. Andrew Cracker. Yeah, I look forward to hearing that one. Plus, with only around a month of the NRL and AFL seasons to go, we will exclusively tell you on this show who will make it and who will not come finals time. Joining me on this PTI special is the extremely talented Andrew Cracker. Now, Andrew, welcome along. Thanks, mate. Thanks for having me on board, Sam. Now, yours have been an extremely uh, interesting journey. Yeah, I must confess, I don't patronise, but I've been very much intrigued. And to say that I'm a fan would be an understatement because I knew your father very well, who I love dearly. I think he's an outstanding talent. And I followed you very closely. Let's start the story, the journey. Started at Richmond, drafted at Richmond initially. Yeah, yeah, that's right. First off, I appreciate your support. Thank you very much, mate. But um, yeah, I started a while ago, back in uh, 2000. I got drafted to the Richmond Footy Club. I was lucky enough to get an opportunity there. I uh, played seven seasons and uh, unfortunately got delisted on the, at the end of 2007. 100, 102 games for 102 goals. So um, looking back on, I had a pretty uh, pretty good time there, but um, unfortunately not a whole lot of success. But um, you know, hopefully, and now I'm at Collingwood, so that's, that's changing a little bit. I made a fleeting reference to your father, the son of legendary Jimmy Cracker, of course, who's in the team of the century. Might I add a bit of superfluous with myself as well, both you and your dad and I are in the team of the century. Tell me, uh, how is your dad? You, you uh, still retain a strong relationship with your father? Yeah, yeah, very strong relationship. Dad's going very well, so obviously we don't uh, see each other too much because I'm over here doing what I have to do yeah, over here and WA. Dad's in WA. Yeah, that's right. So um, we're always on the phone, constant contact, and uh, when, I, when I do get over there, we catch up and um, you know, spend a bit of time together. What about being the son of a famous person? Has that been a, uh, a hindrance? Oh, you've worn that pretty well. Yeah, I've worn it pretty pretty well. Uh, growing up, I sort of didn't, you know, see it too much of a hindrance. I didn't really, you know, think about it too much. It didn't really bother me. Um, I didn't even really know I was going to play footy. Actually, uh, in my early teenage years, I was just sort of running around, a bit of a knockabout kid. So, um, but once I started uh, playing some OK footy and getting a little bit of interest, um, I started to realise sort of, you know, how famous the name was over here and um, in WA as well. So I'm quite, I was quite happy to um, carry the name, but also quite happy to pave my own path. How difficult was it having Dad in jail? Yeah, very difficult, mate. I also had a younger brother, two years younger than me, and um, you know we didn't have too really, too many male role models to look up to. And you know, as a teenage teenage boy growing, you know, to become a man, you need your father around. And um, we we found it quite tough, but um, we did the best that we could and supported each other as well as we could as a family. But uh, I'm saying that Mum also did an outstanding job. It was quite hard for her to raise two young boys becoming men and sort of who used to you know run about knock about a little bit and run a bit of a muck, but um, yeah, it was quite difficult, but um, you know. So you were the elder in the family. Yeah, I was. I had an older brother who was a little bit older than me, but um, but he was uh, also incarcerated as well. Well, you went uh, without your own problems in 2008. You were up on assault charges, uh, which also you found your way in prison. That would have been a little bit of a, uh, a kick in the backside for you as well, was it not? Yeah, it certainly was, Sam. It's um, you know I'm playing AFL footy and life's going well and all is well, and then all of a sudden I've made a. Um, Made a, a bad choice. Absolutely, a, a terrible decision um, that I did not see that what my actions and the consequences it would bring. But um, looking back on it, it's uh, you know it's certainly a terrible thing that I did and uh, a wrong decision. But um, I, I'll, 
I was a big believer in, and I still am, is control things what you could. Um, and you know, I was, I did the wrong thing, and I, you know. And paid did you could you do fine? How long were you in jail for? Sixteen months. Sixteen months. You played footy in there. Yeah, I had a little run around there with the boys, so <laughs> it was a little bit of fun. Um, trying to get a, you know, the boys in there to, to have a bit of structure and things I'm always like that. intrigued. Does, did prison life teach you anything, or did it, did it make you more angry, or did you adopt the attitude that, uh, you know, this is my lot. It's better to light the candle and curse the darkness, for want of a better term. Yeah, absolutely. I wasn't, uh, I wasn't bitter at all. It's, um, you know, I was, I was in there, but from no one's, no one's actions and fault but my own. So. I was quite happy to take that on the chin. I wasn't happy with the situation, but um, you know, it, it was what it was, and uh, I couldn't change the situation. So I, I just learned, I think, to appreciate what you have because certainly in there you don't have a whole lot, and um, you know, being away from your family and mm. your freedom, you're getting your freedom taken away from you. People don't understand how much and how important that is unless it's taken away from them. And uh, I, I had it taken away from me, and actually realised how important it was. Just the small things, waking up and seeing my daughter, seeing my partner and you know, putting them in bed, those, those, those little things, that sort yeah. of, they meant the most to me and um, I missed out on that for a fair bit. Now all of a sudden uh, things take a turn for the better. You leave uh, your place of abode, for want of a better term, and you join the Waffle and we win a Premiership. Yeah, that's right. So I joined the Swan Districts. We had a pretty good year. Lucky enough to win the grand final, um, black and white jumpers, uh, black and white colours. So the change, the change wasn't too bad when, uh, when I got so the you were, or, From there you, became dra you got drafted to Collingwood of all places. Absolutely, so I was quite happy to change it, then um, the colours of the jumper didn't change. Were you surprised or did you have an indication that you were going to be drafted or did it come as a surprise that they were looking at you? It was a massive surprise. A great friend of mine, Scotty Cummings, uh, got into my ear and said that the uh, pies were uh, half interested. I didn't really take it, take it on board and think too much of it at the time, but as the year progressed and um, I started to play a bit better footy and I was pretty consistent, um, it probably started to become more of a reality that I might have been able to come over here and have another crack at it. So after all those dramas behind you, you found your way to Collingwood and you've been playing terrific football. Now you've got a few injuries now, which has been a bit topsy-turvy up and down. During your time here? I love my time at Collingwood. It's been a great club ever since I stepped in the door. Um, I came through, came through in 2011, just after the boys won the Premiership and how everyone welcomed me on board. Um, you know, I felt like I've been there for three or four years. So it's uh, the, the, walk, the welcoming and sort of how everyone's been so um, supportive of me has been second to none. Now something I've got to ask you, and the AFL are very good at trying to eradicate it, very, very good at it, and that is racism. How widespread is it? How prevalent is it in, in football and in your walk of life? Well, thankfully in, in AFL footy you don't see it. You don't see it now because we've put some really good things in the AFL discrimination policies in place and things like that. So um, we don't see it in footy, which is a great thing. But unfortunately in society, um, it's widespread and it's everywhere. It's um, still widespread, is it? Yeah, it is. Unfortunately, it's, it's Well, you've been a victim of it. Give me an example of what may have transpired. Well, if I, some, I, before I've walked into a shop and a lady's, she's walking with her trolley and... She's had her bag and she saw me and she grabs her bag tighter or something like that. I've walked into a shop and... Inferring that you might be stealing something. Yeah, like I might be trying to steal a bag or, um, I know, there's a, a security guard that all of a sudden I walk into a shop and they start following me around because the colour of my skin, I don't see, I don't see any other reason why they would follow me. So, Even I'd belt him then if that happened. Yeah, but, oh, mate, it's, uh, you can't really do much about it. I feel, I feel sorry for the person, actually. I think it's just ignorance and... They, no, they, don't, they don't know. Like they, mm. it's, um, we've just got to be educated and uh, sometimes I'm... People are just ignorant. They don't want to be educated, but um, some people just don't change. But you know, I'd, you know, I'm proud. I'm very proud to be an Aboriginal person, and um, you know, well, so I, you should be. I wouldn't wouldn't want it any other way. Tommy, uh, what about football after after life after football? I should say. 
you give it any thought? I have a little bit. Um, obviously, I think my journey is um, quite a unique one, and um, I think people can learn a fair, fair bit from my experiences and my journey. So, um, you know, disadvantaged youths, people getting in trouble or... Um, you know, just talking to, um, sharing my story to help people, you know, about right and wrong decisions and, um, you know, what, what consequences they can have. So, um, mentoring um, Indigenous youth, non-Indigenous youth, I think, because, um, you know, our youth are going to be they're the next people coming forward for our, for our generation. So, I think if I can sort of pass my knowledge and experiences on to them, um, I think that's uh, the path I'd like to go down post-footy. Well, let me tell you, not only a champion bloke, you're a wonderful ambassador, not only for your football club, but also for your people. It's been an absolute delight having you on our show. Thanks, Andrew Sam. Cracker, thank you very much. Pleasure being mine, thank you. Don't you go away, stay around, there's a lot more coming on this PTI special. Well, joining me on this PTI special is NBA superstar Kyrie Irving, part-time actor, full-time basketballer. Uh, welcome back to Australia, and I shouldn't say that because we still are going to claim you as our own for as long as we can. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. Uh, tell me about life in the NBA. You, Two seasons in, and uh, the Cavaliers, forget about their uh, on-court performance. What's life like there? Take us behind the scenes. Well, it's been a drastic change from uh, being a rookie and then being a sophomore in the league, and now I'm going to my third year. But, uh, you know, it was a total, totally different experience from my first year and my second year. Uh, you know, I was blessed enough to win Rookie of the Year, and then I was All-Star my second year. And, uh, you know, a little bit more attention came with that, uh, being an All-Star. And... Um, you know, I worked my tail off the whole entire season. And, um, you know, I wish we could have amounted a few more wins than, than we did. And, make, and our ultimate goal was to make the playoffs, but we didn't. But um, now we have a young core that we're building with. And I was the first piece that was a part of something, a part of something that we're building for the future. And I'm looking forward to it. Of course, you went to Cleveland after, post-LeBron. So it's a little different there now, I suppose. Uh, is that dirty word allowed to be spoken in, uh, in Cleveland at all? Oh, yeah. I don't think people have a problem with it anymore, obviously. They did at didn't, the time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at the time, uh, people didn't understand that it was, it was a business decision as part yeah. of the business of the NBA, and guys are going to make the right choice for, for themselves and their families, and that's what he did, and went there and won two championships. You know, that's the ultimate goal as a player, to win a championship, and that's what he did. I interviewed Paul Vorton, legendary Australian rugby league player, and he, he told me that he had on the wall of his bedroom when he was a kid, I one day will play for Australia. What did Kyrie Irving have on his wall? Well, in fourth grade in my closet, I had I will make it to the NBA and I underlined it three times. Yeah. And I saw it every time I uh, got up in the morning going to school and every time before I went to camps or, or, or different tournaments, I saw it. And we, was there ever a stage in your life where someone said, you're not going to make it? And you said, yes, I am. Obviously, there are always going to be doubters, but uh, I'm a strong-willed individual. That's how I was raised. That's how I was built as a man. And, uh, you know, I really don't pay attention to that stuff. I just stay the course, and I know what I have to do. I, you know, I'm, the, I'm the only one in control of my destiny. Can you walk down the street? I mean, you probably can here, and you'll, you know the NBA people know you, and you've got a familiar face. But tell me what life is like for Kyrie Irving going to get a cup of coffee on any given morning or afternoon. <laughs> a little crazy? Uh, it's gotten a little bit more difficult, um, you know, to be honest with you, uh, to go down the street or, you know, go to a deli or go somewhere or go to Target, go shopping, grocery shopping. You shop at Target? Yeah, All right. Yeah, I stop at Target. It's an yep. exclusive. Yeah, I do. Uh, you know, it's a little bit more difficult now. Yeah. Um, but it's more of a... tough? Yeah, it's tough, but it, it comes with the territory. Yeah. It comes with being an NBA player. But, uh, you know, it's something I've had to get used to. I've lived, my life, I've lived such a normal life, and I don't think people understand that when I say it. 
I grew up a you know normal childhood. Normal I just kid. worked my way up to, yeah. to be you know to achieve my dream. Can you understand then to an extent why some people mess up? Like we've seen instances in this country where a lot of the footballers and and athletes mess up, and probably in the U.S. as well. So can you understand it, or do you still think, man, you just got to be on your guard all the time? Or? Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You definitely have to keep your guard up. Uh, you know, we're all human. We all make mistakes. I've made a few mistakes in my career as well, yeah. but. Uh, you know, one thing you just learn from them and just go from there. Uh, but, you know, you never want to be caught in the wrong situation, no, in the wrong pretty, place, wrong time. But, yeah. you know, you just always have to be be aware. You know, you have a responsibility not only to your family anymore, but to the league you're a part of. You know, it's a job at the end of, end of the day. When the decision was made to play for the U.S. or Australia, it wasn't that difficult in the end? Or was it, when you think about it, you've been in all by two years of your life in the U.S.? It probably wasn't that hard, was it? Uh, it was it was difficult at the time because of uh, the amount of guys that were ahead of me. Uh, you know, you have CP3, uh, yeah. Darren Williams, uh, Russell Westbrook, you know, Stephen Curry, and that's just before I even was a, a NBA player. Mm. You know, I was an 18-year-old kid. Uh, you know, just looked at my dad. You know, we talked about it, had a deep conversation. Because you know, I, we would have made your dad coach at the side as well. That came as part of the deal. Yeah, it? absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. I know that. Um, but it was a big decision for me and my family. But right now, I, I do play for the U.S. And you know, we'll see what happens. If it if it doesn't come your way, do you think there's a chance you might flip the coin and come back? Because you hold the two passports. Oh yeah, I do. Uh, but. Right now I'm working towards uh, that, so that doesn't happen. And, um, you know, I have a spot on, on the USA team. But, you know, like I said, anything's possible. Did you know how much of a legend your dad was with bullying down here in Victoria? Um, I have a little bit of an idea. But, uh, you know, a lot of people tell me what he did and what he accomplished here. Yeah. And I, I kind of don't really understand it still, you know. Mm -hmm. But um, the stories still resonate with me somehow. It's just a, it holds a special place in my heart knowing that. Can we hear your best attempt at speaking with an Australian accent? I've, I've done a, I've done a few, uh, I've had a few practice. Uh, Go accents. I, G'day mate, that's it. <laughs> the go-to line. Yeah. If Australia was playing someone, you're cheering for the Aussies, except if it's the US. Is that what, I, is that what I'm getting? I mean, if it's Aussie versus U.S., I kind of cheer for both sides, but, you know... Except if, if you're on the U.S. Yeah, if, <laughs> if I'm on the U.S., then obviously I can't cheer for the Aussies. But if it's Australia versus anyone else, New Zealand... Well, I always watch, no matter yeah. if it's, uh, you know, during the Olympics, I'm always watching for Australia and what they're doing, no matter what. Now, I read up on you, and <laughs> Uncle Drew, yeah. give me some background on the Pepsi Max ads and Uncle Drew. Uh, well, it was a collaboration between me and Pepsi, uh, Pepsi Max. Uh, I wrote and directed the whole thing. Serious? Yeah, I did. And, um, you know, it was just an idea that we, we kind of shared and we came to each other and just made it happen. Uh, first time, nobody had any idea who I was. I was Uncle Drew. And then part two with Kevin Love, obviously people knew who Uncle Drew was. But, yeah. um, you know, now it's just about putting the team back together, like Bill Russell said. Do you like playing up? Oh, absolutely. In front of the camera? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It's just what I do. I enjoy it. I have a, you know, a deep-rooted um, you know, desire to be an actor outside of basketball. Yeah, hopefully, you know, one day after, after the game of basketball, I definitely want to you know, indulge in that area. Kyrie Irving, it's been fabulous catching up with you. Make sure it's not another, what is it, 18 years till you come out next time around, okay? <laughs> okay. And thanks for being a part of this PTI special. Thanks for having me, guys. One of the superstars of the NBA, 
He's a little bit Aussie, and that's uh, close enough for us to claim him. Uh, we're going to be back with more of this PGI special straight after the break. Welcome back to the show. Hope you enjoyed those interviews. That Cracker interview was outstanding. Well done on that one. With only a month or so to go till finals time, the top eight in both the AFL and NRL, far from decided. So, exclusively, we are going to show you how they finish. First up, the NRL. Give me some teams. The Warriors. Where do you see them finishing? Look, the Warriors are going well at the moment, but the worst thing about them is their four and against is disgraceful. And the next, a... two, next three weeks, they've got Manly and Penrith and the Titans. If they can get two of those three... You know what, I think they can sneak a start into the eight and uh, that's probably going to surprise a few people. They've got to win an extra game because of that uh, for and against, but I think they're going to do that somewhere along the line. Nominal favourites? Yeah, well, the Roosters, have a look at their final draw. They've got four or, or games that are really, really tough and I've got a, uh, two games that are pretty easy, so I'm going to have them in either first or second place. In fact, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say they're going to be minor premiers because South's draw is just ridiculously hard. We're at the Sea Eagles. Sea Eagles are on fire at the moment. And one thing that gets me at the moment is they are scoring points. They used to score, you know, like one half Billy and go Frugal. to sleep. But then now it's an 80-minute uh, operation. They'll finish third, but they will be one of the teams to beat in the final series. What about the Rabbits? They play four... The four last games for the Rabbits, they play the next four teams in the ladder or on the ladder. So they've got the Roosters, Seagulls, Storm and Bulldogs in the last month of the season. They can't win them all. If they do, they're deserved favourites, but I reckon they'll run second. Well, that might tend to Storm. Yeah, lost a good number of games, more than any time in this part of the year, and they'll lose home field advantage by not being in the top two for the first week of the finals. What about last year's grand finalists? They've got a pretty good draw, the Doggies. I've had a look at this. They've got a couple of tough games, but they also have a couple of easy games, and I reckon they'll make... They've been uh, a side under the radar this year, I reckon. I reckon they'll be there or thereabouts. You'll be surprised mm. the team that I'm going to pick as the fifth-place team. Oh, I think I can read your mind. Well, what about the Raiders? The Raiders are going to struggle. Uh, and the reason the Raiders are going to struggle, they've got a bad for and against. Some of the teams they play, New Zealand, the Roosters, Dogs and Manly, they can't win them all. They win the games at home, they lose them away. The Raiders will miss the eight. Well, my second side, the Sharkies. Well, the Sharkies are a good side at home. They've had the whole Asada drama going on. They're going to sneak into the eight and only just... Well, then I reckon I've picked you. What? What about the Panthers? Please, give me that. <laughs> the Panthers couldn't win if they started now. What about the Guru side? Wayne Bennett. He's got the Knights. Got a tough now, draw. Have a look at the, they've got the Sharks and the Storm over the next two weeks, and they've yeah. got a relatively easy finish. They play the Broncos at the back end of the season. They've got a fabulous for and against. They could finish fifth. Very inconsistent. If they finish fifth, they'll get a home final. Then it's only a little drive down the freeway to play in one of the Sydney sides because obviously these guys will be playing at home. I reckon they're a sneaky chance. Sure, you want to put them there? I think they'll you be. You better lucky. review you. The only reason I put them there, they might be lucky to finish there. They could even finish fifth. This is the team that might do the big moving in the next month or so. Well, there That's it is. That's gospel. Take a picture of that. Come back at September and we'll show you what's right and what's wrong. That is the NRL done after the break. He'll have a crack at the AFL. Plus, we've got our Sporting Bet Best Bets of the Week. Very well done. I thought Sporting Bet will lay that. Well, welcome back to the show. Now it's Kekka's turn. Of course, I had a crack at the NRL. Big fella, your turn with the AFL. Yes, Top indeed. eight. As it stands right now, we know what the ladder is, but what is it going to be come the finals time? First uh, up. Before we start, yep. let's not let's stipulate one thing. Yep. This is assuming that everything's OK with Essendon. I've got an asterisk for that, so we'll uh, work okay on that one shortly. OK, Dave. First up, the Kangaroos. 
I just thought I'd throw that in just to make it feel bad. <laughs> They're not going to make it. <laughs> Sydney Swans got a tough uh, last couple of weeks. Where are they going to finish have, on the ladder? Uh, the Swans, a lot to like about them. They're sitting, uh, they've got a reasonably tough draw. There's no doubt about that. But I'm going to have them at uh, fourth. Fourth? No, you sure? Three. No, they'll finish third. They've yeah, got third. Geelong third. and Hawthorne the last two weeks. Cats. Cats are just on fire at the moment. Just on fire. They'll finish second. And this is the interesting this, one. They, Port Adelaide, who are fabulous at the start well of the year. Five and the, zip at the start exactly. of the year. This could come down to the very last game when they play Carlton. They've got a relatively easy draw up until then. They've got the Gold Coast, Adelaide and Frio. They've got a pretty tough draw, but they play Carlton the last round. So I'm tipping they'll miss out. Uh, as much as I hate to say it, but uh, it's going to be hard that, yards. That the means Blues, you've got Carlton making it. Carlton, I've got Carlton making the eight. Okay. I have. It'll come down to that final game, I've got no yeah. doubt about that, because they play each other, and it's actually in Adelaide, so that might be an interesting game. Now, the Bombers are playing, of course, for their future, and we all know what's going around and what's lingering. So we've got an asterisk. Wherever you put the Bombers, I'm going to have an asterisk, in case they lose points. Well, they've got a reasonably hard draw, the Bombers. Yeah. They've got... Uh, North Melbourne, uh, West Coast, Carlton and Richmond. I don't think now, there's an easy draw. No, there's not an easy draw. Yes. No, but I think that they'll finish fifth. Okay. That's where I've got them. So we'll put the, put asterisk. the asterisk there. So you think they'll finish out of the eight, yeah. which means you might be thinking that the Tigers won't make the... Uh, sorry, out of the four, I should yeah. say, not out of the eight. No, the, the Tigers, Tigers will are going to make the eight. They'll make the eight. <laughs> there's no doubt about that. The Tigers will make the eight. The big improvers are going to be the Dockers because right. they've got the easiest draw of all of them. They play GWS, they play Melbourne, they play St Kilda. And, uh, they've got the quite other... a few home games, that's uh, for sure. Exactly. Their last game against St Kilda. Melbourne, the uh, Ross Port Lyon Adelaide. They've got Port Adelaide. Yeah. So they're going to be the big improvers. They're going to leapfrog from fifth. They'll be fourth. They may even finish third, but I'll keep them fourth at the moment. Nathan Buckley and the Maggies. Yeah, you've got the to finish Maggies are going to stumble unless... over the line. They'll finish seventh. Unless you've got Hawthorne finishing... Uh, oh, well, the Hawks, are, you know, they're... The last game of the season, they take on Sydney they on do. a Saturday and they could very well play each other, depending on the way things work out, yeah. in the first week of the finals. They could, quite conceivably. You're dead right, mathematically. And they will finish on top. That's the way they will definitely finish the ladder. We'll put Port Adelaide down Port... there, given the yeah, speculation given that, about Assuming that that, that uh, stays as it is. Which I think else. it should. I do too. But I don't think again, they should cut. But they've done. There's been precedents in the past. So if we'll it's not politically it. driven and uh, there's something untoward. Uh, Just for the record, who plays in the grand final? One v two. It looks that way. I even look. The, I wouldn't discount the Swans, but certainly those. They're clearly the best three. Okay, that's the show. Just about done and dusted. First up, Sporting Bet best bets of the week. I like the Rabbits to beat your Storm in Melbourne this weekend. And for me, it's Sydney over Collingwood in an AFL blockbuster. Of course. Jason Day is Sporting Bet's big tip to finally crack a first major in the PGA. That is it. I'm Russell Barwick. He's Sam Kikovic. And, and as always... You know, it makes sense. I've always wanted to say... Yeah, you... There you go. Hawks, cats, swans. Foot, yeah. foot. <laughs>